do you still like i mean when when you go to like a wedding or something like that are you you're out there just getting down yes definitely nice. definitely nice. maybe not break dancing but it could uh, work I'm your host, Josh Berg, and today I have Danny Kimball on with me. Danny, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, Danny's Chief Marketing Officer for the O'Neill Group, and so I'm excited to have her on. We're going to talk about um, just kind of social and, and, and how she does things and just kind of get an inside look from her, and, and hopefully it's beneficial. I'm sure it will be, but before we get into that, I just want to quick mention, like I do in every episode, if you haven't subscribed yet, um, please do so. Leave a comment or review. It really helps us reach more people, and that's the whole goal of this, help more people build successful agencies. So with that, Danny, again, thank you for being with us. And why don't we start, can you just give maybe a brief history of your background? Like, where did you start from? How did you get started in the insurance industry? Kind of bring us up to date. Sure. Sure. Uh, so I actually, uh, my background is in dance and the performing arts. Uh, and like many people, I always say I stumbled into the insurance industry, just like the rest of us or a lot of us have if we weren't raised in the industry uh, and, and are part of a family agency. Uh, so I have uh, an undergraduate degree in dance and a master's degree in dance and spent the first, I'd say, 10 years of my professional career really focused in the performing arts. And I sustained a, a knee injury a couple times. The second time I had the reconstructive surgery. And it kind of um, realigned me, made me kind of focus more on a new direction. Uh, but being growing up, being in the arts and being very creative, I knew I needed to be doing something that uh, maybe wasn't as physical, but but also really, really entrenched in the creative. And so uh, I started looking for marketing jobs. Uh, and I had found uh, a marketing coordinator position posted by the local insurance agency up the street, which is O'Neill Insurance, where I'm at now. Yeah. That was about a little over three years ago. And uh, I had no experience with insurance other than knowing that I needed car insurance and home insurance. And yeah. so three years in, I've learned so much about insurance and I've really become super passionate about um, being telling the story uh, through the agency and getting to learn insurance a little bit more. So that's where I'm at. Well, let me ask this. So when you get a degree in dance and then you get your master's in dance, like what's your expectation on how you're going to use that? Yes. No, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, so I went to Temple University in Philadelphia and it's, it's recognized for their master's program in not only dance, but dance education. And so I saw this alignment between teaching dance and, and, and I would have loved to teach at the like university, the local university oh. level, uh, and then also perform. And so I wanted to do both. And that's what I was able to do while I was in Philly. I was able to perform professionally just because there's so many different companies around that area. But then I was also able to then practice teaching and I got to teach at Temple University. I really, really learned to love that. And then I spent, you know, years teaching in different studios and I taught, I was the director of a performing arts 
uh, school up in Westlake, and that was a, such a phenomenal experience while I was still then able to perform as well. Nice. So when you say dance, my first thought is ballet. Is that accurate, or were you like hip hop? Like, what what, what was your thing? <laughs> so that so I'm trained in ballet. Yes, uh, okay. I train in in multiple different styles. And I teach mostly, I would teach contemporary dance, which is a combination of like modern and ballet. Um, but then I was also, I wasn't, I was into hip hop dance, especially during nice. graduate years. Um, my college roommates are actually the uh, creative directors for Ariana Grande's show. And oh, so wow. before they ended up moving to New York City, I toured around with them for years uh, and then the rest of our ensembles from the Akron area as well. And we would perform on BET and a number of different events across the nation. So um, yeah, hip hop, hip hop is in the list there. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you still like, I mean, when, when you go to like a wedding or something like that, yeah. are you, you're out there just getting down? Yes. Definitely, nice, definitely. Nice. Maybe not break dancing, but it could oh. work. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so when you got, uh, when you went on your job interview with the O'Neill Group, you had no real, like, marketing background, no. right? Well, I mean, is that what they were looking for? Or were they looking for just, were they looking for somebody with marketing and you just wowed them? So... Uh, that's a great question. When I when I got to O'Neill Insurance, I had learned when I got there for the first interview, I had learned that they had interviewed a number of different people that either were graduating with a marketing degree or had marketing experience and okay. they weren't really sold on them yet. You could just tell and they weren't saying that out loud, but you could just tell in their tone that that they weren't really sold on them. I knew applying for this job was a long shot. Because yeah. while I had no marketing experience, I did um, just working in the arts, you wear a lot of hats, especially in like nonprofit organizations. And so I was always like leading the committees of so, uh, for the social media channels, or I was leading the graphics. And I was just literally using PowerPoint to pull flyers together and things. Like that's my only marketing experience. Like it was wow. very, very basic. And uh, I did show up to that interview though with marketing material on the on O'Neill Insurance. And I said, you know, I started to learn it. I, I remember specifically in the interview, I was like, I started really doing some research around risk management. And this was like all new to me. And I was like, yeah, I saw a big focus of yours. I think it could be articulated in this way. And I had like created infographics. Uh, and I think it was a site like Canva that I was just trying to play. And so I did bring those to the interview. I think that that helped. They were, they were impressed with that. Um, I, I do have a little bit of a graphic eye. I'm not really, really good at it, but I can see what looks good. Um, and so I was able to pull some decent looking pieces together. I would never use them today, but they, they looked okay. And the story is, once I was hired in, the story is that Patrick O'Neill, the president and owner, he's always been a marketer himself. He values marketing. And he said, you know, after a number of different interviews with these different marketing people, he turned to the chief operating officer and said, you know, just bring in the dancer. Like, <laughs> I'm over it. Just bring in the dancer. And my resume had just dance written all over it. So nice. he took a chance. He definitely took a chance. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Um, so 
what, what actually do you do at the O'Neill Group? Are you, like, are you a one-person department? Are there other people you're delegating to? Like, are you thinking of creating and posting stuff? Is that all day your job? Like, what does it look like? Yes, so definitely a one-person department. Before, yeah. they had had a marketer in the past, uh, but uh, not for, not. I want to say there was about a three to four year gap before they brought in another marketer. Uh, so I wouldn't expect them to have more marketers on staff just yet. Um, it is starting to reach a point where uh, I could start building a team, a small team. Um, but yes, all day long, I'm creating content. I'm managing the social media accounts. I'm developing PR based on the different events or, or things that we're associated with. I'm also uh, working really closely with the sales team. And I think that that's really, really important in order for the marketing to be effective. I have to integrate very closely with the sales team. And I'm also going out and networking and building relationships and meeting people in the community. So there's a number of different facets, I'd say, within the marketing role. Yeah. Okay, great. So, oh, that's good to know. So it's not just um, like content creation and posting, right? It's, it's more, yeah. it's marketing. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So where do you like, where does it start for you? Like when, yeah, I'm sure you have like different things you, you know, you're working with the sales team and, and whatnot, and you're trying to figure out what's next. Like, where do your ideas come from? Where does the, what's step one for you on, on maybe like say on a content piece that you put out, like what's step one? Step one. Like so where does it come from, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great question. Uh, I'd say I could focus on brand for, if I could focus on brand for a second. Yeah. Uh, at O'Neill Insurance, we have a very intentional culture and uh, a strategic culture plan and all of our business goals and strategies come from uh, our culture. So when Can I first I clarify started, that? when you yes. say you have you O'Neill group has a specific culture, is that for, is it mainly for the employees or is it for the clients or is it an overarching thing for everybody and everything? Yes. So it's become an overarching thing. Okay. Um, about three and a half years ago, the leadership team really started studying workplace culture to really focus internally on the culture within the workplace, on the employees, on, on getting them unified around a, a similar core purpose, uh, um, goals, objectives, core values, you know, things of that sort. And what it's become is um, because there's, there's a, a systematic process to it because there's rituals around our culture it's become larger than just internally while it affects us internally on a really really deep level it's also helped us attract and retain clients that value culture mm -hmm. and it's allowed us to have different conversations around culture so let's say we're meeting with a manufacturing company and safety is a huge huge focus of theirs we can get on the same level by talking about culture and, and learning about the different practices and behaviors that their employees employ within the workplace to develop a safety culture, right? And so what are those behaviors yeah. like? And so it helps us talk on the same level, I'd say. So it's become a lot, a lot larger. And yeah. I've really developed the brand around our culture. And so if you look at all of our social media sites, if you look at 
even even the information on the website, it is really, really focused around who we are and why we do what we do. Got it, got it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so step one, like where you come from, you're saying kind of starts with the culture, right? Um, that's or, kind of, or like brand specific content, yeah. yes, starts with the yeah. culture. Uh, today, then, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So today, for instance, I was having a conversation with with Patrick O'Neill, I was sitting at his desk and he had on his, on his desk a book that says how to be a great boss. And here he's been the president since 1994, I wanna say, yeah. uh, you know, he's nearing retirement, like not nearing retirement, but he, he's older and, uh, you know, and here he's still a lifelong learner and he still wants to be a good leader and a good boss and he's implementing new things to, to develop his leadership skills. That's, that speaks to the culture, and you'll see that that post will be coming up in the next few days, but um, that's the kind of content that I create on a brand level, just like, yeah. this is the behind the scenes of who, who we are as people, yeah. you know? So do you, do you have different um, focuses, like, like brand, and then, um, you know, like insurance pieces, right, like an umbrella, whatever, and then, you know, camaraderie around the office, and then, you know, personal stuff. Are you, are you? doing all those things and then are you also using your own personal accounts to um to benefit you know your role and, and the owner group yes so so a lot of the social content is focused around the brand um but then insurance content i focus like like let's say i'm writing an article on umbrella insurance that's a, t a completely different strategy for me uh, while I will post something related to insurance on our socials, it's a lot less likely that I'm going to post about umbrella insurance there. Yeah. But I will post 10 articles on umbrella insurance on my website because I yeah. feel like people are going to Google when they have questions about their insurance. They're not going to social media when they have questions about their insurance. And they're on social media. Why, why are people on social media is the question. It's like typically when they want to be entertained, when they want to relax, when they're decompressing from their day. And so if I show up with a stock photo of an umbrella and I'm trying to educate them on umbrella insurance randomly in their feed, yeah. it's not just going to be something they pass over. It's going to be something that's like annoying, right? Absolutely. There's a place for it though. So I did do an umbrella insurance video. I have a daughter who's, uh, she's six years old. And then Pat O'Neill, who's the son of Patrick O'Neill, I know it's confusing, yeah. but his daughter is four and we okay. do this video series with the two of them and I did have them get matching raincoats and umbrellas and they do an umbrella insurance video in 30 seconds I think, actually I think it's less than 30 seconds that I did post on social media but yeah it's yeah it's right so Super I think it's yeah. positioned the right way nice and um do you who edits like the videos and things like that is that you Yes. Nice. <laughs> yes, and sometimes it's a little too obvious because I am not a video editor, but I think it's they look great. I like I'm impressed. Nice work. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so did you did you feel like, you know, you talked about dancing and whatnot. I mean, it ended because you got injured, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and and I think that I was really struggling with work-life balance at that time. And I know a lot of people are like, work-life balance, that doesn't exist. I was really struggling with it. I was commuting an hour and 10 minutes to work every day. I had two kids at the time, really young kids. Now I have three. Um, 
And I, I, I wouldn't listen to, to myself. And I wouldn't listen to the needs of my family because I was so passionate about dance and so invested in what I was doing. And I, I knew I needed to train. And then I also was teaching all day and I was then doing things afterwards, um, you know, extracurricular activities for the students that I was teaching. And it was just, it was very long days. I was leaving my house at 5.50 a.m. I wasn't coming home until six at night um, with two toddlers then. And uh, I, read a, I read a quote. So after I, I blew my knee out again that second time, I remember I was so devastated. But I read a quote that said, um, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Something along those lines. I actually have it hanging in my house now. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. And that was the immediate click to me to say, okay, this is, this is the direct, I, I need to be okay with moving this direction now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Super grown up, responsible thought, right? Like <laughs> that's really hard. I, I'm, I'm sure that when that happens, you know, when you got injured that second time, like I can't imagine that it's, it's interesting because I think, you know, we, especially those who are business owners um, and who have played athletics at a higher level and, and just focused on something to that degree, like everyone, mostly everyone cheers you on and they're like, Oh, great work ethic. You work so hard. You know, you're putting in 14 hour days, 16 hour days. Like that's amazing. Great, great, great. But like you're saying, you know, like it might not be the best thing for you, you know? Right. Right. Great. Yeah. Um, so, for somebody who's like, you know, an insurance agency owner or something, like starting posting content stuff, it's kind of scary, I would say. You know, maybe not scary, but, you know, they're apprehensive for, for certain reasons, right? Like, you might be scared, might be worried you're not going to get any likes or shares or people aren't going to engage. And some people will actually get started and, and not get any traction, really. Um, what, what would you say to them? Well, well, one, I would say that I don't know how agency owners do all of the marketing on their own. A, a lot of agency owners do not have a marketing person in-house. And regardless of the size, whether you're a three-person shop or a 50-person shop, it's still, a marketing is a big job. And not that I would say, you know, for a three-person shop to go out and hire a marketer or to outsource it or, but... I, I, I get that there's a struggle there because I know my job is full-time plus. Like I know that there's a lot to be done. So I give a lot of agency owners credit for even committing to one piece of the marketing. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they're consistently posting on social media. I think that's awesome. Uh, but yeah, and I think that's where the apprehension comes into play. Is like, what's the ROI? Where do I yeah. put my focus? Because my, my focus is already on my clients' needs making sure that they're protected the right way, and then also getting new business in the door. And if I'm on Facebook all day posting content and getting two or three likes, you know, within the first month, like, is that worth it? Right, right. Yeah. So I totally understand their struggles and their apprehension to it. And it does take a consistent practice at one thing. So whether it's a blog article. Like I would, I would recommend for an agency owner that wants to market consistently, I'd say focus in one area that you're really, really good at and that you enjoy doing. So if you're a good writer and you like to educate people, 
then maybe post a blog post once a week. And then when you post that blog post on uh, umbrella insurance, just because we were talking about that earlier, when you post that blog post, share it out on your LinkedIn page, share it out on your Facebook page so that it, you're distributing it because, um, you know, without the right search engine optimization strategy behind that umbrella insurance blog post, it's likely not going to be read. And then that time that you spend on it is not going to get the ROI that you need unless you have a good distribution system in place to make sure that people are seeing it. Yeah. Um, it, kind of along those lines of, you know, you get a couple likes over the month and it's like, is this really worth it? Have you been able to um, actually quantify your like work to the agency as far as dollars go, like track things and see what the ROI on, on your work is? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question too. I'm really glad you're asking that. Uh, and I, I do not have a hard number to give right, you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people ask me like, what's the ROI of a marketing? Yeah, yeah. I totally get that question. And I actually had that conversation with Patrick this morning too. It's like, how do we measure all of this? Because right now I spend a lot of the time in the brand space and in building the brand, beefing up the brand. And I'm, I'm accomplishing that a lot through social media right now, but it's pictures of our team. It's the work we're doing in the community. Right. And yeah. so what's happening is I'm showing up in people's feeds with engaging content regularly so yeah. that when Pat O'Neill, the son, who's our main producer goes out to a rotary meeting, his friends or people at the Rotary meeting are commenting on what they saw on social media. Yeah, yeah. Patrick O'Neill goes to a lunch, they're commenting or they're, they're joining him for lunch because they saw something related to him being super, a uh, uh, super advocate for culture and they want to know what he's doing in the agency. Right. Um, right. So we're building all of these relationships, but it's a lot of it is tied to brand. And I have a hard time really identifying a metric. Uh, yeah. to help measure brand. Well, I mean, it's I, it's pretty much impossible. If you even just think about like Budweiser or Coca-Cola or some massive, massive brand. It's like, okay, what's their return on, on their social, you know, whatever. Right. Good luck. Right. You know, you can't figure it out. Even those guys can't, you know, there's just no way. Yeah. But um, I think you're right. But I, like, I will say though, there's like, that's where the direct marketing can come into play where, where you can measure direct results. For instance, I'll, I do marketing campaigns for the sales team. I have two getting ready to roll out right now, one for benefits and one for primarily the restaurant industry. And so you can directly tie a, a sale to a marketing campaign if they receive yeah. a piece in the mail, a 3D piece in the mail, uh, uh, they say the social ad that's advertised specific to them. Social media advertising gives you a ton of analytics and you can watch their traffic flow. Um, so there are ways to measure specific components of the marketing. Uh, but I will say that a lot of it is coming from the brand just when we have the conversations. So we're trying to document those conversations now to really build some sort of metric around it. Cool. Yeah. Well, I feel like, you know, building that brand, it does build that trust and um, familiarity for people. And so when they do get that direct, you know, content piece, they're probably more likely to actually act on it than if they hadn't seen you and trusted you guys. But right. Um, right. where do where you think um, agency owners, insurance agency owners should be as far as like social content, all that kind of stuff, you know, where, where they're posting it? Because, like, 
I'm a little bit on Facebook. Instagram, I am like, you know, barely even on there. And I don't even have a Snapchat account or whatever, anything else. Like I couldn't even tell you, but I'm like, where, you know, where should people go? Cause, and then, oh, sorry, let's start there. I think this might be a long question. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> That's good. I'd say it, it starts with your target market. Where's your target market hanging out? Is it um, personal lines, mainly personal lines? Then that's, well, let me step back and say, where's your target market hanging out? Where's their headspace in where they're hanging out? So if you, if you sell high net worth home insurance, right? Yeah. That high net worth person is likely hanging out on LinkedIn too uh, and owns a business or has a, has a strong position in a business. But when they're thinking about home insurance, they're not really thinking about it when they're on LinkedIn. In LinkedIn, we have more of a business mental state of mind. Yes. And in Facebook and Instagram, we have a more of a, our home life state of mind. We're, we're, we're connecting with our friends and family and things that are going on in our community. And so I would say, where's your target market hanging out and, and reach them where they need to be reached. Um, so uh, a business owner that's in his business state of mind and you want to go after restaurants and the restaurant owner is hanging out on LinkedIn, then connect with them there and almost use it as a personal brand opportunity. If your agency hasn't established a strong, uh, consistent Facebook posting rhythm yet, then use your personal to uh, not sell, but to build relationships, comment on other people's posts, just really develop strong relationships. So then when you do post something insurance related, um, they feel more apt to learn more about the work that you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about, so, okay. So if you're posting for, um, the O'Neill group posting on, on their say, Facebook page, on their Instagram. Um, what do you think about not just posting like Pinterest-esque moments, you know, things that are like real, so I'm having a bad day, the dog just threw up on the floor, like whatever, you know what I mean? Like the, the stuff that, that's real, but not just like a beautiful picture. Like what do you sure. think about that? Yeah, I, I'd say that it's it's a place where you should stay positive, but I don't think that means that you need to be fake, right? Yeah. Um, so it's definitely like people don't want to read other people complaining on Facebook, right? Um, but if you could be, you could spill your coffee, right, in the car and you got coffee all over the place and you say, you know, it's one of those days, I'm going to get past it. I'm going to forget that this moment happened and we're moving forward. That inspires people to be like, yeah. Yeah, you know what? My, my shoelace broke today and it's really annoying, but I'm going to get past that. I'm going to annoy. I'm going to ignore that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I'd say like always flip it to a positive. Real yeah. life happens. Negative things happen, but always flip it to a positive. Nobody wants to be a Debbie Downer or, or read things from a Debbie Downer. Right. Right. Um, when you got started, when, when you started, um, you know, I know I'm focusing a lot on social, but um, when you when you started in your position with the O'Neill Group and you were, um, were you like scared or anxious or you know without having real background in it? Like, 
what was that like? I mean, I'm sure now you're like, you know, no problem. But, but no, 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 I'm still learning. I have so much to learn. Uh, I would wish I was stronger at data analytics and measuring all of that. Uh, and, and I am, I'm getting better, but I can be a lot stronger. I wish I was more sophisticated in workflows and, and, you know, there's so much to learn. So I'm not there yet, Josh. Thank you, though. Uh, <laughs> but when I started, I think you're spot on. I was really hyper focused on uh, processes and systems, and and I think that that bogged me down a little bit because it was hard to be in the creative space when I was like looking at black and white yes. processes or just trying to develop processes. And because I'm more of a creative, processes are are my weakness. I have to be good at them, but they're 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 on the weaker side of my strengths, I'd say. Yeah. Do you, um, I, I know I've heard some people advocate for creating time to just like think or, you know, be creative or you're not following any sort of process. Do you, do you do that? Yes. Yes. You do? Um, nice. I can be a little crazy sometimes. So I get up <laughs> at 3 a.m. Not every day, but uh, I'd say three to four days a week. I'm up at 3 a.m. before anyone in my home is up. And I don't look at my phone. I don't have my phone by me. I don't get, I may, I may be on my computer if I'm writing something, um, but I'm always using that time to, to create in some capacity. Or it could be me working out and listening to music and, and yeah. thinking through something. Like I always have to be in rhythm to develop something creative. So um, yeah, I definitely do that. And I would encourage everybody to find the time that time happens to work the best for me. That's why I do that. 3am is not everybody's sweet spot. So it could be, it could be 11pm though. I guarantee there's many people that stay up and work from 930 to midnight. Yeah. I'm sleeping then. Right. Yeah. So it's the same you're, thing. Just, yeah. I was going to say you're getting up at three. When are you going to bed? Yeah, I go to bed at like 8.30 or 9. Yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. Solid. Well, so who's up? When when do people start getting up in your house if you're up at 3? 5.30, unfortunately. They all have wow. like early too. Nice. Right? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And the 3 makes sense. I yeah. Like um, where, where can people find you? Where can they, how can they reach out to you? I'd say LinkedIn is the best place to reach out to me right now. Okay. Uh, so you'll find me on Twitter. You'll find me across all our socials, O'Neill Insurance. Uh, that's me meaning the socials. So if you message there, um, I'm there. But also my personal LinkedIn and my personal Twitter. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. Danny, thank you so much for being with us. Really, really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, good luck in what you're doing. I mean, you had me fooled that you're not like pro expert. I mean, I know you are, but you know, even though you have, I like the humbleness, you got to keep it going, but man, keep going. You're great. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on here. Yeah, you bet. All right. Take care.